Hello and welcome to the High View Podcast, a gospel-centered conversation exploring theology, culture, and life in the local church. Sometimes, when we actually record episodes, we like are a podcast. Time. Yeah, I feel bad because we've been we've been busy. Like life at High View over the summer got kind of crazy. There was a time where I think I was out of town for a week, and then Chad was. Chad was and gone. Was. Then you were gone for like a year to Disney, yeah, and that was it was great. it was great. But I, we're I felt, back. Yeah, we're back. Officially, that we had a podcast toward the end of summer that said we're back, but now we're actually back. This is the real yeah. us being back. So we are glad to be back doing the podcast. I've really missed it. I think it's going to be a great, uh, great time as we jump back into these gospel-centered conversations that Absolutely. we hope to have. And uh, today, we have a very special topic. I'm excited about it's, this one. It's a, it's a good one. I'm excited about this one. Here's why. You know, we've been doing these podcasts where I think this is maybe number 16, somewhere around in there, and we really haven't introduced ourselves quite mm. yet. Um, we've had such lovely guests as our uh, other pastor, staff pastor, Chad Williams, Josh Hildebrandt, who's in studio with me today, and myself. We've had some college students. Um, but we've never really taken time to introduce ourselves. So what I want to do today is just figure out who is Josh Hildebrandt. Yep. So Josh. Over the next three hours, we're going to be discussing. <laughs> going to unpack all that the is. The depths of The depths yeah, of Josh soul. Hildebrandt. Um, yeah. So Josh, how's it going, man? How, it's, it's how's going life? It's going great. It's going great. Yeah? I'm, I'm doing good. Yeah. Just glad to be here. Um, it's a blessing to be a pastor at Highview, a growing mm. church. Um, I'm just thankful every day to be here and pastoring at this church and uh, with the staff members we have. It's, uh, it's quite the ride. I mean, that's, that's awesome, man. Well, before we get into the heavy lifting of, of digging deep into the depths of your soul, uh, just tell us a little bit about yourself, sure. where you're at in life right now. Yeah, so um, let's see. I'm married. Uh, Bethany is my wife. Um, we have been married. Tomorrow is our wedding anniversary. Oh, wow. We, we didn't even plan that, but tomorrow. That's awesome. Is our wedding anniversary? Very excited about Congratulations. that. Congratulations! We have been, we'll be married for fifteen years. Wow, tomorrow. that's awesome! So, um, very excited about that. Um, we have three wonderful children: uh, Kaylee, who is thirteen; um, we have Eli, who is four; and Madeline, who we call little Maddie, and yeah. she is uh, just one. Maddie's so, precious. Man, she's, she's the sweetest little baby. She's, she's a sweet thing. But we've got them all spread out. Yeah. Um, we took a little break there after the first one. For sure. And uh, Man, I, what's it like having a teenager? Well, it's, uh, it's, it's something else. Yeah. Yeah. I, we're just getting used to it. Yeah. So we, um, oh, man. You know, um, things, things start to change a little bit. You start to see their personality um, become a little more uh, their own, yeah. I guess, if you will. Yeah. And they, they see the world through their eyes, kind of like we do as adults, you know, everything, right. we think we're the center of everything and oh, man. <laughs> everything yeah. revolves around us and our perspective and our sovereignty. And, and so that begins to take a little bit of form and, and then you got to start shepherding and parenting that. And, yeah. and, and that's fun. Very cool. Very cool. That's awesome. Yeah. I've, I've really enjoyed getting to know your family over the last 10 months that I've been yeah. at Highview. Uh, it's a great, the Hildebrands are some of my favorite people here, for sure. That's, that's awesome. For sure. Uh, well, yeah, so as we jump into kind of knowing more about who, who you are, Josh, tell us a little bit about your growing up. Where'd you come from? What's, yeah. your, what's the, the start of your story? So um, let's see how far do I want to go back here. So I was, I, I guess I'll start here. I was privileged with growing up in a Christian home. Mm. I think that's a good place to start. Um, you know, we, um, 
I've lived in Georgia most of my life here, right around the West Georgia area. Yeah. Uh, we, I was born in Mississippi, but, but moved here uh, relatively young and, and have lived here uh, most of my life. But um, I grew up in a Christian home, like I said. And, and when I say a Christian home, I don't even just mean your, your typical kind of Bible belt we attended church. Mm-hmm. But I mean a Christian home where my parents legitimately, uh, you know, practice their faith at home. Shout out to Grant and Shirley yeah. Hildebrandt. Um, and what a blessing that is. Yeah. Um, I just, I can't um, say enough about that. And, and it encourages me to, to try to leave that same example for my children, because I know what a blessing it was to me. Um, yeah. So yeah, I grew up in a Christian home. I just have, you know, memories of my, my dad leading the family well. And, um, and um, you know, my mom uh, teaching us um, at home. Um, so I was homeschooled for, okay. for most of uh, most of my school experience. There was a few years mm-hmm. um, in elementary school where um, when we first moved to Georgia, where we, yeah. were, we were in school and, and made some good friends and relationships there. But my mom always just had a, a strong conviction to uh, to teach us the word of God along with our schooling. And so, yeah. um, so I was homeschooled for the majority of my, um, you know, my schooling uh, experience and um, enjoyed that and, and had a, um, a wonderful um, youth group growing up as well in church. Um, we were uh, a part of a, a great church in Carrollton uh, growing up together. Um, Old Camp uh, was, was the church, uh, and we, we spent um, many, many years there as a kind of a young family. I grew up there um, that just as my church home and um, really uh, learned a lot about the Lord there. Um, and uh, had a lot of formative years there, uh, just making relationships with other people. And, mm. and it was at high, or excuse me, at old camp that I got uh, my call into ministry. Um, I remember just being a, a student in the youth program there and, um, and, um, you know, just realizing that there was nothing more valuable that I could do with my life than tell others about Christ. Yeah. And, and just feeling like um, everything else comparative seemed mm-hmm. like a waste. Right. Um, you know, not to downplay any of those other things, but for yeah. me, that's just the way I felt. Like right. I, I, I didn't see that I could do anything else with my life other than talking about Jesus. Mm. And, and I didn't know exactly what that looked like at that time. I was probably, right. you know, 13, I think. Okay. Um, but I knew that I was going to be pursuing ministry. Nice. Um, yeah. And so... Um, you know, that's, uh, that's a little bit kind of, of the, the start of it. I know there's a lot of gaps in there. but Yeah. Tell me a little bit about um, just how you came to be a follower of Jesus. I know we've sure. talked a little bit about this. Um, that there's some, you know, uh, I'll just let you explain. Yeah. Kind of what, when you think about how, how you started following Jesus, like what's, sure. what's the way you talk well, about that? You know, it's, um, it's, it's unique. Well, I, I don't know how unique it is, but it's yeah. it's a little different than a lot of the testimonies because you know a lot mm-hmm. of testimonies you have of people. Um, this is when I said you know the Lord's prayer. This is when I accepted Christ in my yeah. heart, or this is when I I really felt like uh, the Lord changed me. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, it's hard to tell because you know, like I said, I grew up in a Christian home, and and I don't remember a time in my life when I didn't believe in Jesus. Mm-hmm. Now, obviously, you know, I'm a sinner, and I sinned, and I struggled yeah. with sin, and um, and I remember there, t- there being a time in youth group um, when um, a bunch of people were going up to the altar, yeah. right? And, and they were saying this prayer, this sinner's prayer. Mm-hmm. And during that time, you know, I, uh, I remember doing that, um, you know, but looking back on it now with kind of a little more theologically sharp eyes. Sure, yeah. Um, it, 
there was a lot of uh, kind of peer pressure and like a, a For r- sure. routine in that. Yeah. Not that it was a negative event yeah. or a negative thing in, in any way, but, but I don't know if that's when I was legitimately saved. I mean, before I went and did that, mm-hmm. I was reading my Bible and believed in Jesus too, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. so at some time, you know, along um, probably, you know, when I was 10 or 11 or something like that, I think I probably... Um, maybe grasp the gospel in a, in a saving way, but it's hard for me to sure. tell because I just can't remember a time mm-hmm. when I when I didn't kind of understand the Jesus story. As far as I can remember back, yeah, I remember believing in Jesus. Well, and, and yeah, I think it's him. I think it's helpful to share that that story because I know for my own experience growing up in church, um, there was a lot of pressure put on people to know the moment. No, when when did mm-hmm. you pray the prayer? And your assurance was tied to the things that you did. Right. right. I know there was a lot of pastors, I think sure. well-meaning pastors, that were trying to give people assurance by saying, do you remember the moment you prayed the prayer, mm-hmm. the prayer and you know, God will never leave you and forsake right. you? And so I, I remember growing up praying that prayer a lot because yeah. I thought it was my salvation and assurance was tied to whether or not I meant a prayer or uh, if I prayed with enough conviction. And so I, re- I remember actually you know, being at my house at you know, at night, just like gritting my teeth, trying to mean words. There was actually a season in my life where that exact thing happened. And it was, it was, um, during the time when, you know, the youth group was going on and there was a lot of kids that were going to the altar and, and me a little bit in my pride, I didn't want to go to the altar because everyone there already thought I was saved, but I knew I had not yet technically said that prayer at an altar. And this is Mm -hmm. me as a 12 year old kid. I was confused. And I thought because of how it was done, that that was really the way you did it. And I remember at night, like crying out to the Lord, please, yeah. please save me. And, but I had this fear, unless I do it at an altar, right. it, it doesn't really count. Like right. I need to do it in front of other people or that, yeah. that prayer is not really legit. Yeah. And that's, like I said, you know, just some theological uh, immaturity from, mm-hmm. from me as a 12-year-old that I just didn't really understand. Now, if you were to ask me about Jesus and the gospel and the cross, I, I would have probably been able to spout out some, some pretty solid truth then, and, and I trusted and believed in Jesus. Yeah, um, but that is you know some of the danger we can fall into sometimes when we, you know, we add some kind of man prescription mm-hmm. to um you know to what it means to be saved. Not that that prayer is is not helpful, and yeah. many people have prayed that in the process of being saved. Right, but it's not right. the saving agent though. Exactly, we, we need to remember I, that. I like the way that that John Piper talks about this because he I think has a very similar testimony that he doesn't remember um, a a moment where he. Mm-hmm prayed a prayer or that was a moment of conversion. But the way he talks about it is uh, comparing it to our physical birth. He said, I don't remember being born, but I know that I was born because I'm alive now. Right. And so he kind of ties that to to salvation. He says, okay, I may not be able to tell you a spot, a moment, a time when I prayed a prayer and was converted, um, you know, like a Paul Damascus Road experience. But I can tell you that I see fruit. And, yeah. you know, spiritual life is happening. And so I can tell you, I'm, I'm convinced that I'm converted. I'm born right. again right. because I see new life. Yeah. And so for me, that's, that's really the, um, the affirmation as well. That's how I, I know that I'm saved, right? Is, yeah. and, 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 and trust and have assurance is, um, is Jesus matters to me, yes. right? Like yeah. it's, and it's, yeah. it's not a cultural thing. It wasn't a youth group thing. It's persisted. Right. Um, and so. Uh, somewhere along the lines, the Holy Spirit did a work that only He could do, mm-hmm. and praise God for it. Amen. Uh, well, tell me more. You mentioned ministry earlier. Mm-hmm. Around 13, yeah. you 
began to understand or, or believe that God was leading you into ministry. So yeah. tell me about how you started ministry and kind of your journey into ministry. Sure. Up to so, this point. um, like I said, uh, youth group was very important to me in church. Um, you know, we obviously, um, uh, just growing up in, in that church was a, such a positive experience. And, um, and so around 12 or 13, um, just in the youth group, um, we had uh, a youth pastor that came in and played guitar, and mm. and I remember he wanted to uh, he wanted to kind of start a band, and I'd never thought about playing an instrument before, you know. Yeah. Um, I was kind of this just a little bit um, introverted sports kind of you know kid or whatever, and mm. played basketball and stuff, and um, liked you know being in the woods and stuff, but I'd never even thought about an instrument too much. Um, and I remember uh, because he said he needed that. I think it was more ministry than mm. than even music that I was interested in. Yeah. But, but you know, I wanted to kind of be right there beside him and uh, you know, yeah, hang out with him. So he wanted to start this band, and so I remember asking my mom, "Hey, will you get me a guitar?" Um, you know, and so it was close to Christmas. I ended up getting a guitar for Christmas, a little cheap starter guitar, and and I still have that guitar. I love it. Um, Two hundred dollar Alvarez. Nice, it's my favorite guitar. Yeah. It's, <clears throat> got some age on it now. So anyway, I started playing and when I got the guitar, um, yeah, a lot of stuff changed for me pretty, pretty fast. I, uh, I took to it, um, pretty fast and, and didn't put it down. And, uh, you know, my, my parents probably could tell the story better than me, but I would play it until I had literal blisters on my fingers oh, that gosh. Were, were broken open. Yeah. And like I, I had to stop playing for a couple of days cause it was like, Oh my goodness. Necessary because yeah. of broken blisters. And then once those kind of healed and I had calluses, I would play for six and eight, 10 hours a day. Mm. You know, I was homeschooled. So wow. I, right. I, yeah. I just chilled out and did my, <laughs> did my schoolwork. You had lots of time. And then I was to... up in my bedroom just playing guitar. And this is before YouTube. Wow. So yeah. I, I had, I learned the guitar completely, you know, by myself. I didn't have lessons. I didn't even know what chords were. Yeah. I had to figure that out. I didn't know the proper way to play guitar. Right. And I didn't have YouTube instructional videos. So um, I remember going to a Christian bookstore. Um, you know, this is back in the day when you went and still bought cassettes and, you know, CDs and all that. I wait, think it was even, wait, what's it's, it? it's a cassette. What's that? It, it's a music playing device and you can, you can hear music it's from like a, it. Yeah. It's like a fast forward and rewind. Spotify? And you just yeah. stream? So it's similar to that. A little bit different, but close. <gasps> oh, how times have changed. Yeah. So anyway, yeah. I, we went to this Christian bookstore in Douglasville and, um, and I saw this book on the shelf and mm -hmm. it was a, like a music book and it was for jars of clay oh, they're original yes. the jars of clay let's like, go yeah and so i pulled it down and i was flipping through the book and i noticed it had these little diagrams of like lines and dots i was like what is this yeah and then i figured i was like those are the those are shapes on the guitar so i brought this book home and i mean i'm not exaggerating i literally didn't know what a g chord i didn't know yeah yeah and i studied this book and i learned how to play guitar from that jars of clay book wow and i learned all of those songs from listening to the CD and figuring it out just from hours in my room. And, uh, so that was my guitar journey and, uh, just kept going from there, um, yeah. learning to play stuff by ear. Cause that's the only way I could, there was no YouTube and stuff. Right. And Man, um, what did we do before YouTube? Know. And it's actually, yeah. it's helpful initially for someone when they're playing an instrument, but it's detrimental mm. in the long run sometimes. Oh yeah. Cause it doesn't teach them to play by ear and stuff like that. That's yeah. just a hot side take. Yeah. It's just extra. Gotcha. So you, you started ministry with music yep. pretty much, mm -hmm. uh, just as, like you said, trying to find an opportunity to serve right. in some way. So I started leading worship there really quick. Yeah. And um, within six months, I think I was leading worship 
there in the youth group, and then I started to do some of the worship for the Sunday morning there mm-hmm. in, in some small ways, um, helping out and stuff. Um, and, and then I started doing some, some teaching uh, okay. in the youth group. So small things where he would have me, you know, come up and teach a small little sermon. Yeah. Of course, I was 14 probably, right. you know, so I don't even remember what it was. But. So at 14, you were a triple threat. You were a preacher. You were a worship leader. <laughs> And you were just the the most handsome homeschooler in the area. Yeah, but that but that third one is questionable. Yeah, gotcha. So okay, so you started out with music and you began to teach. What was kind of your your next step that you took as far as leadership in yeah. ministry? So, um, so the I guess the next story kind of uh, not to go too much in the weeds here. So, um. I was trying to make a decision. Now I'm 18, 19. I think I was 18, probably 17, mm-hmm. 18. Yeah. And I'm trying to make a decision. What am I going to do with my life? I knew I wanted to be in ministry. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the, I guess the stream that I kind of grew up in theologically at the time and, and my, how I've changed over the years. But um, a lot of the way you got into ministry was through just pursuing ministry, like finding someone apprenticing with them, yeah. you know, passion. Gotcha. Um, not a ton of emphasis is, emphasis was put on seminary. Okay. So uh, from the stream that I was in, just honestly. Right, right. And so I didn't even really consider that. I was just trying to find a place to serve. Okay. Like that was the way you got into ministry was find somewhere, serve, and serve faithfully, and then, you know, kind yeah, of Yeah, for sure. So um, uh, at the time, there was a couple opportunities for me, and kind of long story short, a, a, a pastor that had um, been my youth pastor previously, wanted to plant a church, and he ended up contacting our family and asked mm-hmm. if I would be the worship uh, leader there and help with that. And so he ended up coming into uh, the West Georgia area and planted a church. And so I started uh, to, to lead worship there. And um, at the same time, I was working full-time, yeah. doing you know, different jobs. And, um, but the whole time pursuing ministry, hoping one day that I could you know, do that full-time. So I led worship there, um, did uh, part of the youth ministry there as well, helped with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, I was still young. I was yeah. 18, you know. Um, so did that for um, a couple years, um, you know, and then as church plants, you know, mm-hmm. do sometimes that church plant didn't make it in the okay. long run, and he ended up leaving, and, and that, you know, there's a lot of a you know, story there, but we won't go into all those details. Um, so that kind of left me wondering a little bit, like, what yeah. do I do next? And so I had a little bit of a season of trying to figure out, get my legs under myself. And um, from that point, um, went back to work or continued working full time, um, had a couple of jobs, yeah. uh, part time leading worship at different churches in Carrollton and so forth. And um, my first full time job uh, was a worship pastor, youth ministry job in Carrollton. Yeah. Grace Covenant Church. And I was there for a couple of years and really learned a, a lot there. Yeah. And I mean, I was still super young. Right. I'm um, kind of newlywed with, uh, with Kaylee, who had just come, our daughter. That's also when we got the diagnosis of her cerebral palsy, yeah. which was, you know, life altering. For sure. Um, so, yeah, I, you know, as a 23-year-old, I'm in my first full-time, you mm-hmm. know, ministry job, yeah. leading worship, youth pastor, married. Now, you know, now with a child with a disability and mm. trying to figure all that out. So. Yeah. Um, so in your kind of different seasons of ministry, what would you say was, was like the hardest, I don't know if I want to say the hardest decision, but like maybe what was the, 
something that you struggled with or, or a, yeah. a season that was just particularly hard yeah. that, that you had to go through? Well, one, one season that was really difficult, um, and looking back on it, man, in hindsight, 2020. Yeah. Like I can yeah. look back on some of those seasons and the decisions I made, and I can see the wisdom of mm-hmm. a growing person, and I also yeah. can see the immaturity of that current person. <laughs> For sure. Right? And so, For sure. you know, I can look back on myself in any of those positions, and I want to apologize to all <laughs> the people around me. Yeah. But at the same time, I yeah. see God, you know, yeah. moving For sure. through things. Um, one of the difficult seasons was when, um, theologically I started to change a little, you know, and, um, uh, you know, began to study a lot about salvation Mm -hmm. and the atonement and, and the fact that it's a work of God when a person is saved. And, you know, this, um, this, the fact that salvation, once you're saved, you're saved, like God, Mm -hmm. the security of the believer yeah. Um, you know, I was doing a lot of counseling at, at one of my churches and I had a lot of people come in regularly and they thought they had lost their salvation. Mm. And um, so that caused me to, to really you know, counsel these people, pray with these people. And I kind of came to the conclusion, I don't think you were ever saved to begin with. Yeah. Yeah. So I started studying, you know, salvation and regeneration. And, and when I kind of, it took a while, but when I came to a different theological mm-hmm. conclusion than the church I was currently serving at. You know, oh, wow. It, yeah. It was difficult to resign sure, a position, yeah. um, you know, not knowing if you're going to have another position. You know, I, right. I ended up getting right. this position not because I submitted a resume with a degree and everything else. It's because I had faithfully kind of served and worked my yeah. way there. And yeah. so it was really difficult to step away from that. But it was kind of a conviction that I, you mm-hmm. know, I had to do. And um and it was a scary season, and and uh, you know, as I did that, uh, I see the fruit of it now. Like God's taken me to a, a completely, you know, a, a different place that I would have yeah. never been in if I wouldn't have made that difficult decision. And right, and I love all of the people, you know, at that church, and just consider them yeah. in high regard. But it was one of those conviction things for me, you know, mm-hmm. as God was bringing me into a different season theologically and, and the way I viewed a lot of things. And yeah. Um, you know, more from a reformed kind of Calvinistic perspective and, right. and, and just learning what that meant. You know, I'd grown up my whole life, um, you know, not under that persuasion. Yeah, and and yeah. it didn't change anything with the way I felt about Christ. You know, I, sure. I, I loved Christ before, yeah, too. I yeah. trusted him. But, yeah. but the way I ministered now and the way I thought about ministry mm. and the way I thought about salvation and the gospel and, yeah. and the importance of it and, the, you know, the supremacy of it um, was beginning mm. to really take shape. and. Um, so making a decision to remove myself from a position like that was really difficult. So let me ask you this, having made that kind of transition doctrinally, um, is there anything from your life previously from in the, I guess the way you viewed doctrine before that transition, is there anything that do you think was helpful that you still cling to from, from those years or ministry yeah. ways you view ministry? Yeah. Like, yeah, absolutely. So, you know, um, and we, we like to say this, me and Chad have discussed this a lot, you know, the, the dynamic of kind of these two camps, you know, in Christian, mm-hmm. in the Christian circles that we kind of run in sometimes. And there's, there's really strengths on both sides. And one of the things we like to say to, um, to the reformed camp is, do you love the God, you know? Yeah. And one of the things we like to say to the, the charismatic kind of camp is, do you know the God you love? And, yeah. and both of those statements are balancing statements, right? Um, and not to be offensive to either one. I mean, but like a lot of times, um, there's a there's a passion that's really good, yeah, on on, yeah. on the charismatic side and on this, you know, the, the with the theology that I grew up in, just mm-hmm. passion for Jesus. Jesus yeah. matters, and right. living your life for Him, 
Right. Um, but sometimes it's at the expense of, of theology, of, sure. of being grounded in truth. Yeah. And then sometimes on the other side, there's a deep love for truth. But, but are you even passionate about it? Mm. Do, you even, do you even love the Jesus that you know so much about? Right. And um, being able to balance those two truths, like it's, truth matters, mm-hmm. but, but loving Jesus and, yeah. and caring you know, about him in a passionate way matters too. And so balancing yeah. those two things, sometimes um, you know, I'm, I'm very thankful to have, have grown up um, you know, yeah. with, with that mindset. That's, that's a great insight. I, I think it, it kind of makes me think of, of Jesus when he's talking to the woman at the well and he tells her that there's coming a day when people will worship the Father in spirit, spirit and, and in truth. truth. Yeah. Uh, which true I think, worshipers. Yeah, true worshipers worship in spirit and truth. And, and I think both are equally important. You're, the spirit, the, the passion you have, um, the drive. Uh, but yeah, it has to be anchored on, on truth. And then the truth needs to be enlivened by, right. by, act, by active passion. Right, right. right. You know, and, yeah. and I think our, you know, our Reformed brothers you know, say that it's, it's our knowledge yeah. that informs our passion, and it does. You know, we, need to, you know, we don't want to be passionate about something about Christ that's actually not true, because yeah. that's, that's just yeah. idolatry. Right. Right? That's, that's, that's yeah. the definition of that. But um, you know, also that we have to remember that we're passionate about a person. Yep. Jesus, yes. Jesus is not information. He's a yes. person, right? And, yeah, and balancing that's really important. Yeah, that's, that's uh, such, such a great insight, and I think we all can uh, find some encouragement there for sure. Um, so let's, let's kind of wrap this up. I mean, bring us into the present. How did you get mm-hmm. connected to Highview? How did Highview start with, with you and Chad? Yeah. And he's not here, so feel free to tell whatever you want to about Chad. From only my perspective. Yes, please. <laughs> no, just, just real quick, here's the, the Highview story in a nutshell. So um, I was... Um, had, as I said, resigned that position. And then I went through a season of trying to figure out how do I get back in ministry. And, and uh, since I was full-time at that position, I had to go back to the, you know, the secular world. And I was working in Atlanta at an engineering firm and, and enjoyed that. And it was a good company. And, but still praying about what the Lord had had for me. Um, felt kind of led to plant a church and, mm-hmm. and started to look into it. Even had some people kind of come alongside me. But I just didn't feel like it was right. There were some pieces that were not quite there. Yeah. And and I think a lot of it was just with me. Like I just didn't think I was the right person to do it by myself mm-hmm. with without the right people around me. And yeah. And so I, I backed off of that. I um, mean, we had made some some progress towards it. Looked into the Acts twenty nine network and all that. And but I hit the pause button. And then right about that time, maybe a month later or something. Oh, wow. I just met Chad through happenstance through mutual acquaintances. We had a lunch together. Mm-hmm. Um, we started talking about theology and, and you got to remember now I'm in this reformed camp and, and I'd grown up though yeah. charismatic and I didn't have a friend in the world. I didn't know anybody that believed the way I believe. I thought right. I was the only reformed person Calvinist in all of West Georgia. That's really what I thought. <laughs> yeah. And then yeah. I found this other dude that was weird like me that way. Mm. Um, and so we just started talking, we developed a friendship and, uh, began to, uh, pray about, you know, planning a church together. Um, there's some other little events peppered out throughout there, but, uh, Chad just had a wonderful vision for a church. Um, you know, and, and I remember us having many long conversations about that and, and planning a gospel centered church in this area, um, that focuses, you know, on the word and Christ centered worship missions and discipleship. Mm-hmm. Like, let's just make ourselves about those four things. Let's yeah. not care about programs and all that. Let's just do those things well. And uh, so we, um, we launched Highview Church, and yeah. uh, it was scary. I mean, neither one of us knew what would happen. You right. know, Chad's working right. full-time. He, he worked at Chick-fil-A. 
if, if you didn't know. Did he? He did. He never talks about that. No. And then, you know, I'm working full time. And then, yeah. you know, we just started to, to have preview services and services and try to remain faithful with that. God began to bless. People began to come. Mm. And, and then it kind of got scary, you know, yeah. because, yeah. my goodness, am I going to have to resign my job now? What do mm. I do? And, but God was faithful. And, you know, the, I guess the story of Highview from there is maybe another podcast. But yeah. um, um, it, it's been quite the journey now to, you know, to see God move and, um, and to, to bless a local body and to bless a church. And now we're, what, seven years out from that. And, yeah. and uh, hundreds of members and families that uh, call this place home. And I, yeah. I just I sit back and just think, man, the grace of God is, is unbelievable. Absolutely, man. It's, uh, yeah, I can attest to that. It's, it's great to, to even be a part of now, you know, just this year. But um, first of all, I, I just thank you for sitting down and sharing your, your life and your story with us. And, and thank you for being faithful all these years up until this point to, uh, to serve God and his church. And uh, I know we're all, we're all grateful for, for what you bring to the table here thank at Highview. So, uh, yeah, well, thank you so much for joining us here on the Highview Podcast. Glad to, to be back with you. Um, hopefully, this is, these conversations are helpful to you in some way. If they are, please uh, consider giving us a nice five-star rating and review. And we will see you again next time.